Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Hello and good afternoon, everybody. My name is Ron, and I'll be your host for this episode of Temple of Geeks Podcast. This podcast has been around since 2012 or so. If you're tuning in, thank you and welcome back. Today's podcast, we're going to be discussing episode eight of Star Trek Picard in this lovely third season. And this is it, folks. We're letting the last three episodes of this run series of Star Trek Picard. Joining me in today for this podcast, I have Sergio. Sergio, hello. Hi. Pleased to meet you. And I'm pleased to be here. Have, thank you. Thank you for joining us, Sergio. And the other guest joining us with us today is Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Welcome to the Temple of Geek. Hello. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So as I said, this is the last three episodes of Star Trek Picard. Before we get into that, for all of our listeners out there and for anybody watching on our social channels, give a little introduction to yourself and how you got into Trek. Sergio, let's start with you. Well, I'm Sergio Rojo. I'm from Argentina and I've been living here in LA since the last two years. Uh, I'm a diplomat and work at the Argentine Consulate. And I got into Star Trek by stroke of luck, I think. I was watching TV back in Argentina. I was uh, eight or seven. Back in the day, we only had four channels. So I was turning into one of these old channels in Argentina. And uh, my granddad told me, okay, wait, 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 wait. Watch this. And it was a scene from... The Menagerie. I didn't know anything about the show, but I was hooked like in milliseconds. So from there, it's all history. What was the scene in The Menagerie? Oh, it was when they are leading, uh, I think it was very, very end, when they are leading Captain Pike and Vina into the cave back after after all of, 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 the, of the things they have to go through. So I think it was pretty much the end. So it was the stroke of luck. That's great. Uh, oh, wow, that's great. That's great. Daniel, throw it to you. Uh, how did you go? How did you beam in into the Trek universe? Well, it's, it's a great story. So I like I live in Los Angeles as well. I work in marketing for the Fox Network, and Star Trek is very much a part of why I chose to work in entertainment. And it really goes back to I was thinking about this morning. I was I've been four years old, and I remember vividly seeing the image of Locutus of Borg at the end of the first part of The Best of Both Worlds, right? And I know that I knew what Star Trek was. You know, this was, so I don't know if I'd seen other episodes because I don't remember. But I know that I also had <laughs> seen Star Wars. And for me, that image... The other, the other Star, thought, the other star well, franchise, yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is, like, this is like what happened to Darth Vader. Because in my mind, oh. I knew that Darth Vader oh. was a cyborg nice. and he was the villain. And so I immediately just in my mind thought, oh, wow, this Captain Picard, he's the bad guy now, like Darth Vader, right? Like it was just this really sort of basic idea that my little kid brain completely grasped from the visual alone, you know? And so that's my earliest memory. But I very soon after that, I, I must have seen The Voyage Home on VHS around that time. Because I saw the undiscovered country in the theater, and I was six oh. years old, right? Lucky and that you. was ninety-one, and I'd already seen Voyage Home, so I don't know when I saw that, but that was to me was like, oh, this is the next movie. Didn't know about Star Trek Five at the time. 
mercifully. But I like, oh, this is the next <laughs> movie with these characters that I, I like, you know, as this little kid. And so that's that's how it started. And and in my house growing up, my dad was not a next gen fan. So mm. it was a toss, it was an original series household very for most of my young life. And I started sort of getting into the other series when I was a teenager and had a little more freedom to sort of find my own course, if you will. Awesome. Thank you for sharing your stories. Daniel, I'm kind of like you. The only thing that's different, I would say, as in regards to my origin stories into Trek was my my experience of Trek was uh, I was very I was very young. First of all, I was a kid. I believe I was in I want to say seventh grade when I got into Trek. I didn't. I was really vague on where I actually began with the episodes, but I know that I grew up in the Next Generation era. So Star Trek: The Card, Worf, Riker, and all the rest of those cast members. I, I'm I'm just gonna use my origin story, and I've been thinking about this a lot even before doing this podcast that it was really best of both worlds, the two-part series that really, two-part episodes, I'm sorry, that really got my attention into Trek because I love the way that they did special the special effects for those two episodes. I understood that there was a captain. I understood that there were uh, commanding officers. I know that there was this dark thing going on. So I think the whole appeal of having this, having a, a leading role in Picard, and then for him to become and transformed into this cyborg machine yet biological being, and the way that was done, and him attacking an affiliation that he's been with for so long, was just intriguing to me. That whole storyline and just the tension that you have um, in the battle scenes uh, amongst the characters. When I retrospectively, the handling of Riker is like I'm fighting my own captain who's been assimilated, so to speak, into the Borg terminology, who's been assimilated into this different different culture, so to speak. And so that whole thing appealed to me. I, I got so attracted that that I think I was time jumping as Trek reference, time jumping into different episodes prior and then leading into the movies that, um, thereafter. So films wise, I, I was aware of Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. I was aware of the motion picture. I was aware of The Wrath of Khan, although I didn't watch those movies like throughout. I was aware of those. But I became so much a fan that I do have a picture of me in uniform, in the TNG uniform, Next Generation Era uniform, as captain. So I'm in the red I'm in the red uniform with the four pips on the collar and because I was just in such admiration of Picard. So that's where that's where I began. So I appreciate you guys sharing sharing your stories. So all of us can just geek out. Yeah, it's amazing that we have such a different experience watching uh, the best of both worlds. Because you guys, back in the day, had to wait like two or three months between the end of season three and the beginning of season four. And there was all this question about, is Picard coming back or not? So I was robbed of all of that because I watched the end of season three one night <laughs> and the following night it was the first episode of season four. So I was rough all the experience. So I, 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 I didn't have to suffer if Picard is going back or not because this was just there. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I don't I even remember that. if I saw the second part. 
You know, like wow. it was one of those things that you are wow. you were definitely aware of because it was in the pop culture. And that's the thing people I mean, I don't think Star Trek has ever been more in the pop culture than it was then in the early 90s. You know, mm-hmm. so like and you're at school, like you could hear from other kids like, well, this is what happened. Oh, you yeah. know, like it wasn't like it was like people did know about it and they knew, oh, yeah, they got him back. And, you know, they would tell you, you know, and that's how I learned about Terminator 2, because I weirdly all the kids in my first grade class saw Terminator 2. I don't know what world we were living in when when six year olds. That, that is strange. Movies. That is very interesting. And I yeah. said, what parents would allow their kids to yeah. watch Terminator too? They were telling me like this is what happened in the movie, and I didn't. But I thought it sounded awesome. But I, you know, I didn't see it for another 10, 12 years. You know, <laughs> interesting. interesting. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, and that's well, really fun. I, 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 I mean. Complementing my Trek history, I can see that, I mean, that there's a huge difference between your history and my history because back in Argentina, we didn't have anything, anything. I mean, the, the scarcity of news about any, any Star Trek related show were nothing. I mean, this, it was, it was extreme. I mean, this, we don't know anything. That was during the 80s. In the, the 90s were different because we integrated with the world during the 90s. I don't want to into yes. politics, but it was it was a huge change. <laughs> it was definitely a veteran, and it's something that's yeah. that Star Trek really applied into there. Yeah, Star Trek was really reflective of of uh, I think what was going on through the through those times, and a reflection of what history yeah. has has shown us. Yeah. So. I think getting yeah. into all of that, I understand what you mean by the politics involved. In the nineties, we we started to get more things. I mean, uh, and then. Thank God, some some guy came out with the idea to have a whole network to run the whole Star Trek, I mean franchise. So Uniseries series was the, was the name of the network, and they they played uh, from TOS to I think Voyager, and that was just out. I mean, I, I'm talking about early '90s, '94, '95. Yeah, and and Trek was that was kind of like during the '90s. That was in essence because obviously you had there, that's a huge time gap to have from the '60s of the yes. original series. Mm-hmm. Fast forwarding, that's all. That's about like 30 years until yeah. we got the new Trek. Because what season one of the Next Generation didn't come out 87. until 1987. So mm-hmm. uh, 20 going to and obviously the more popular seasons got into the '90s, right? So that's why yeah. I say 30 years later. Um, not discrediting, you know, the first two seasons of Next Generation at all. But, you know, it was just during that time when everything got highlighted because now you got all the other series involved and all these new, uh, basically, uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager uh, mm-hmm. debuting during during those periods. So since we're talking about Renaissance and Trek, let's start talking about Star Trek Picard. Now, obviously, we've watched the first two seasons. This third season is blew off already at full speed, warp speed, maximum warp, however you want to call it. So what do you guys think about season three leading up to episode eight so far? What do you, what uh, characters have appealed to you? What arcs have you liked? What's, what's your overview? Let me start this time with Daniel. Well, let me just say this. The thing that blows me away after I finish like a new episode of Picard is this show feels so much like Star Trek as I remember it to the point that I'll be watching it and I'll think of something you know relevant to whatever's going on and the character on screen will say what it was in my head right like 
like we've been living through this period of reboots and relaunches and reunions that are maybe the last 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, you have to do a little work in your head to sort of make what you're seeing make sense with what you remember, right? It's, it's, it's usually not quite right. It's, it's, it's there, but it's not there. This is like the opposite. It, this literally feels like, oh yeah, you guys are just, you came back to make the show. And I have to remind myself that two years ago, this was considered impossible, that this was considered it would never happen, you know? So that's the thing I want to say about, about Picard. And I think we should welcome our, yeah, our new guest. Our new guest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, at the top of the show. Well, look at this. We have just joining us our third, our third and final guest for the show, Jay, who is just joining us right now. Jay, we just we had just barely started where we're getting to talk about our overall view of season eight. So for those listeners and for those watching on our socials, Jay, welcome to the Temple of Geek podcast. This is a first timer. Let I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and how did you get into Trek? What is your origin story as you have certain displays up there in your board and and it feels like you are in your you are in your own ready room right there. So tell us about your origin story. Oh man. Hey guys. Sorry I'm late. But thanks for inviting me. Happy of to be here guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it Ron. Well, I got into Trek, man, my dad was into it. He was into TOS, obviously, and he would just have it on, like, every day. It was on, obviously, syndication, and it was, you know, Kirk, you know. I I got to know him, you know, a little bit. I was a little kid at the time. I think I was, like, you know, maybe five, <laughs> four or five years old. But, the, the you know, the, the overall look of the show, all of that just – has been seared into my my memory as a kid but growing up what raised me was in elementary school and stuff was uh, TNG just uh, it's that franchise that really brought me into the entire sci-fi genre and my entire life sci-fi has always been my favorite I love a ton of genres but sci-fi always is always on the top it really welcomed me I'll never forget my parents took me to a birthday party I think I was mm-hmm. maybe eight and on the TV, they had an episode, I think it was the nth degree, where Barkley like, gets like, oh, shot wow. by something, and then he like controls the whole ship, and he's at the end, he's like sitting there with these like lights hitting him. It's, so, that, it's great. And I remember just totally being I, – I was like a wallflower growing up. I was very introverted. I still kind of am. It's, um, it's taking a lot to like – wipe the brow, wipe my brow and be like, I'm actually on something. <laughs> but, um, but I remember Add sitting there just, yeah, exactly. sitting, sitting <laughs> at this party, not talking to anyone and just like, you know, uh, everybody's eating and talking. I'm just watching this episode as a seven, seven year old and just being completely brought in to the episode. And that's, that's one of, one of my favorites of TNG. But when I got into high school, I really got more into I, Voyager was my was my show. When they released Voyager, I was going in as a, I was a freshman in high school. And mm-hmm. when it ended, I was starting my like, first year at UCLA in L.A. I, I basically like my whole teenage life was Voyager. And my favorite episode has got to be Timeless. It's like all, the, the episodes that that always like like give me the feels are episodes where 
you know, the timeline has, it's an alternate timeline. And then at the end it's erased, it's gone. And it only happens in someone's mind or these just, it's just, you see it. And then you, you get this perspective of the life that I'm living now, what it could have been if I had made another choice. Always love those episodes always. So yeah, that's how I got into it. And then here, like I met you guys at a really cool event at a nerdy bar and really enjoy meeting people that love the, th- the same things that I love. So thanks for, That's awesome. thanks for having me. So I, I, Thank now you. I have Thank to you understand, tell us about this room in your house. I'm assuming this yes. is your house. Tell us what, what its purpose is and, it's and, the ready how, room. and what you're, what you're running on these screens, these awesome L cars graphics, like tell us. Oh, everything. Yeah. yeah. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I think, I think he's, a, I, He's look. He's he's got the uniform on. He's got the background on. He's got the L car system. So how he got from the future to 2023, uh, he's a time traveler himself. So I, I question that. But yeah, go ahead, Jay. Take it away. Like how how did you get those displays? Um, I've always loved the aesthetic. Uh, well, first of all, this room is my office in my house. And um, at one point, me and my wife shared it. And then when you know the pandemic hit. We were, we were, it was tough because everybody was on. So at one point she's like, I'm going to take the guest room and you just have this room and just do what you want with it. And I said, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, yes, I need my own space. And it was awesome because honestly, like, I, I like finally, I like have, it's like my room again, like growing up, like I could put stuff up. My wife has her own and she puts her, she's a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan. She's got a ton of Lord of the Rings stuff on there. So like, it's our own little, our little caves here. And then, you know, my favorite aesthetic of all of Star Trek has been Elkars. So, you know, seeing yeah. it come back in yeah. Picard yeah. is just, it just blows my mind. I've always wanted, I, I've always wanted to be able to, make some of those graphics and things and um now that they've got them on like system 47 and stuff i always just randomly put them on <laughs> people come to visit and they're like yeah What's that? I, yeah michael my tops to legendary uh michael akuda for yeah. you know coming yeah. back to coming back to the season of the card and just really bringing those designs back that's all uh, right. I don't, I, I, at some point after all the call, I'm going to ask you, Jay, to tell me how you're driving all these graphics. Like, I want to know all the technical stuff, but but don't don't need to do that that now. But what you do need though is a little bar over there called Ten Forward, just in the back. Oh, there we go. And the sign. We can all come to the radio yeah. and we can all have a drink. You, you can all have Romulan ale. Uh, I don't want to tell you, you about know. the other room I have. Remember, <laughs> that's still illegal. That thing is still illegal. The Remnant Empire is no longer around, but the, that thing is still, still illegal. Forever. Because, no. of there it, is... because of what it does to you. That's why yeah, it's illegal. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, it, it's a 20, it's a 20, what, third century drink. Nobody has to worry about it. Nobody has to know. We exactly. can just shove that on. Um, all right. So let's, let's go back to bring our discussion. Daniel, thank you for sharing your, uh, did you, did you, I know uh, Jay had just jumped in, but Daniel, did you have anything to add what you mentioned earlier uh, overall yeah, about me, this? Even at the cards add, so far? Yeah. Let me just add, you know, overall, cause I think we're still talking broadly, you know, I'm watching through the next generation films again, they just come out on 4k and wa- even watching generations, which is the only one I've gotten through so far having this season and having the story of the season and where the characters are, it even informs that, 
you know, even having Picard get that message about Renee and generations and be affected. And he says things to Troy, like, this is the end of my family line, which in 1994, maybe it sort of was like, okay, cool. Like now it's like, oh my God, he had a son later. He didn't know he was going to have a son. And, and when you think about the feelings he expresses in this show about having this son that he did, that he didn't know he had this son. And you look at these scenes where he's crying that he's, he's not going to have a family. And he says to Beverly, you know, you took this from me without even asking me. Like, it really works. It really works. And it really feels like this intended payoff. I mean, this this great culmination to the storyline. And it's just mind-blowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Sir, Sergio, you, thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Sergio, go ahead and share your thoughts on the overall season. Uh, so far, standouts of, of story arcs, characters, lines yeah well i mean there is i mean there's no secret that i love picard i mean he's my biggest inspiration i'm a diplomat because of 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 picard and i was lucky enough to to tell this to, to patrick stewart and um but this season i mean it's the love letter to tng that we all were asking for yeah, I mean, the first two seasons of Picard, I get it. They needed something different because otherwise, Patrick would never this. I mean, uh, got the green. I mean, got green lighted this to say, okay, let's do this show. No, so they they need to came out with a different story. Something. Uh, what what was going on with this guy after? All they had, they had, he had been through. I mean, it's 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 mm-hmm. fair enough, and we we all were asking about that. What's going on with Picard after Nemesis? So we kind of get that idea. Season two was slightly better than season one for me. The whole arc, uh, it was. As Daniel was pointing out, I mean, the, the whole idea was with Rene and, and the, the family Picard uh, uh, with all the legacy leading to this third season. Because as Daniel was saying, during generations, we learned that there were no more Picard than Picard himself. And now mm-hmm. there is a new Picard. Yes. So yes. that's, I mean, that change everything uh, we have learned from Picard because because he I, I mean at, at, at least at the very beginning of season one you can see that he embraced his mortality and he he, he that he is the last Picard right but when he discovered that he he has a son now, the first thing that he said to Beverly is what Daniel pointed out. It's you robbed me. Right. You robbed me. You, I mean, you you deprived me from from the opportunity of being a father of this kid. Yeah, I believe that but was the I, second episode this season. I think it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the third. The third. The Seventeen seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Seventeen seconds. Which, You're absolutely right. Which for me. It's the episode. The episode when we we were lucky to see the best Riker. 
I mean, that was shot on, shot oh, on yeah. Frakes on, on that episode. I mean, completely knock it out of the park. It's amazing. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. And all in all, having, having seen the first eight, I can say that we had the best Riker ever. He's the best Except, character. Yeah, yeah uh, we don't have to see him. We don't have to see him cooking pizza anymore. So, oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, which I love that. I love the joke they made about that this last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. very nice. In, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of character, if I have to go one by one, I, I, it's gonna take me a lot. But uh, I think that uh, we have seen all the characters having their moment. I mean, mm-hmm. did, uh, on I think it was on episode two, the scene between uh, Picard and Beverly. I mean, amazing, amazing. When they are yes. out, the, the, the two of them alone in, in sickbay. Then Worf and Rafi, perfect, perfect. Uh, the dynamic between uh, Jordi and Data. Oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, Livar is amazing. It's a national treasure. I know that, but he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. On so many levels. So many On levels. So many levels. Yeah, 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 yeah. So many levels. Yes, Jordi. And there's some masterful producing they do where they make sure that they're not cluttering the episodes with too many characters. Yeah. So yes. they introduce Jordy and we can say, we'll say data, you know, later. So now the yeah. first few episodes, you've got Riker, you've got yes. Beverly Picard, and you get to play the drama. Then they take Riker away. They cap, he's captured. Right. Yes. And so now in that episode, it's Picard and Jordy. And we don't have to deal with, well, where's Riker and what's Riker going to say? Cause he's been captured. Right. And that's like great writing because it allows every character to have their moment. And it's exactly, yeah. So great, it's so great. Jay, what, what's your overall take on season three so far? Oh my gosh, I mean, I, what what everybody's been saying, really, to to Sergio's point, just this is the love letter. This is what everybody's been waiting for, and that is a well done send off to the to the um, to the, this crew, and we've just all wanted like a season eight. TNG. <laughs> I know I did. I, I love the ending of TNG where they're, you know, the camera lifts up while they're playing poker. It's wonderful. And then they skirt to the movies. But, you know, the ending of Nemesis, it was just like, it was, it was such a downer. <laughs> I mean, I liked, I, I liked the movie, but it was such a downer. And, um, and seeing what they're doing here. Um, and then, you know, just that, that almost last scene of episode eight where they're all around the um, conference table again. <laughs> it's like almost the exact same seating arrangement. Oh, we're, we're <laughs> definitely going to, we're definitely going to yeah. talk about that. That's definitely oh, going to yeah. be discussed. Oh, part oh, and and just, I, I know that's a big part. That was a big part. So that was, um, you know, Love I, I have a, I have a joke about another franchise relating to that, but oh sweet, yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for me, yeah, I, I was about to scream something else. Um, but I think let me rewind back before even watching this this season. I want to go back to the initial announcements uh, for this third season because what I remember vividly is when they announced the casting and who's going to be included. 
for Star Trek season three, mm-hmm. the flood and wave of responses of seeing the first first uh, uh, promo posters for all the TNG cast members. I was literally, and I shouldn't have been on my phone, but hey, you know what? It just so happens. I used to be. I was on my phone during work, um, and I, you know, I got a little distracted. And when I saw those announcements come up on my feed, I literally wanted to yell. I wanted to yell. I was fidgety in the chair that I was working in. I just, I, I was a kid in a candy store. Um, so to see those characters come back just mind-blowing because i can only imagine what stories they're gonna tell for this third season and we're bringing the whole next generation cast back now mind you the only thing that did not what that was not revealed until the first or uh, i believe the first trailer uh for uh, season three was we didn't see a character poster for brent spiner who plays data and Mm -hmm. so they probably they kept that um, purposefully and beautifully kept that a secret for so long until the initial trailers went out was when he was obviously revealed to be lore because as you know from season one he died at the end um and wanted to wanted to live that life of being a human and that was the close the supposed closing arc of the story until we're like nah let's just bring him back in another way um they threw that out um because you can't have a next generation cast without one of the most critical characters amongst the amongst the cast, cast yeah. which was data so yeah. going into this third season um i love every single character arc that's going on with this season and let's not mention i mean we can we can talk about everybody and that could be a whole nother podcast to talk about each and every character individually um but i think really the the, the standouts to me have been uh I'll, and i'll just talk about this briefly wharf raffi um uh seven and the the dipshit from chicago uh captain, captain shaw. shaw yeah and he's just been one that's just been like you really want to yell at him slap him um at least for me i i, I want to talk some sense into him but he's that sarcastic um you know cheery guy in the in the turbo lift about about having to just be like the textbook starfleet officer but he's doing it with so much ego and so much stress and like he has a chip on his shoulder and can pull some strings into into this whole season and that's why i think the fan base just loves him so much because you you love to you love just love to hate uh, love to hate him and hate to love him as well, he, he reminds um, me of uh, of the captain of the uh, Excelsior in the search for Spock. Do you remember the guy? Yeah. Yes. He yes. Was very oh yeah. With his little cane, his With little cane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cane. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling his nail yeah. all the time. Yeah. 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 But he, he has he has that vibe. But I mean, I love to start, start which is his performance is amazing. I mean, yes, he's he's the the best contrast to all the, um, let's say, braggadocio that Picard and Riker uh, have all the time. I mean, the, they, the they, feedback they, with they, each they, other, like yeah, bouncing yeah, off each they, other. I mean, yeah. they, 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 but he's like <clears throat> the guy that saying, mm, you know what? You cannot always get what you want. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Kind of bring them down. Bring them, bring them, bring them. Yeah. To the ground. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, they they need somebody to say, hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. There is a textbook. We're going to respect this book. Yes. But. And he's he's that guy. I was. Well, I think those two episodes, it was three and four, 17 seconds and no win scenario, both directed by Mm -hmm. Jonathan Frakes. To Mm -hmm. me, those are my, so far, my favorite episodes. And it shows off a lot of those things that you're talking about really well. And it's, and it's where Todd Stashwick has that great speech and you really, it all clicks for the character and the character has such legitimacy, you know, that question of like, why did they let Picard be a captain after best of both worlds you know like and and we all just kind of go well you know you just he wasn't him you know we we have all made a decision to say as a federation that wasn't him that was the borg and it's like that's a choice it's not necessarily a fact you know you could just as easily put him on trial because we know that they used his knowledge and we know that they they took advantage of him and and a lawyer like in mm-hmm. measure of a man could argue no yes. he could have killed himself you know they he, they were able to access you know all these secrets because he did nothing you know and mm-hmm. and you could put him in prison right so like i love that you have this character who's been wounded by that choice Mm-hmm. calling it out i loved i love the way picard responded to it i love that when jack asked him what's the toughest moment in your life i'm sitting on the couch and i'm like obviously when you were captured by the borg and he starts telling this story about the shuttle and i'm like what like well, okay no. <laughs> and then and then stashwick comes in and he gives the whole thing and i'm like i love it because he's essentially saying what i'm saying but it reveals that it was so horrible for picard he doesn't even think about it when when he when somebody asks him what was the most horrible situation you've been in, it's so removed from his mind, it's so repressed, mm-hmm. it's so trauma traumatic that I, I I don't even go there when I think about my life, when I think about my history, right? And what, what's it, it, interesting about that? What's interesting about that is Picard's reaction is yes. different that he, when uh, Cisco confront him about Wolf three five nine. It's completely different. He was, I mean, when Cisco told him, we'd met before uh, and uh, I was 359, he was like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean, but what what do you want from that? I mean, what's your idea of telling me that? And he was uh, like taking a defensive posture, whereas when uh, Shaw confronted him about that, he was like, okay, let this guy, uh, it's, it's, I mean, well, it's such a different part of his cattle. life. Yeah. No, yeah, because in, in, in Emissary, you know, Picard, he is a captain and it's not that much time. Mm-hmm. And, and he's very much, he's being challenged by Cisco yes. in that yes. moment. Yes. You know, and so exactly. he's like kind of standing his ground. Whereas now it's 30 years later, you know, it's, it's his history. And it's not like he has any, he's not a captain. He has nothing to stand so on here. He's literally yeah. across from a guy yeah. at a bar that he hurt a long time yeah. ago. Jay, yeah. you were going to say something? I was just going to vibe off what you guys were talking about in that, um, you know, he, you, you go back to first contact and, you know, that first scene where he's in his, in his, uh, when Picard is in his uh, quarters and, you know, mm-hmm. he has those flashbacks and that, that, you know, that board piece comes out of, and it just, it's kind of a jump scare, but, He's, he was obviously still 
like dealing with the trauma of that experience. Right. And, and then we, we're, we're, we're faced with um, a captain who's sitting across at the bar mm-hmm. who has clearly is dealing with similar trauma, but from the receiving end and, you know, the survivor's guilt is very strong. And like, you know, telling that story, which if you, I don't know if you saw, um, you saw the, uh, the ready room and he's talking about how they did not cut any of it. They just let it. And they, it was not, yeah, nothing it, was, it, it almost was cut. Yeah. It, it, it almost just, seems like, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just, he just presented it in that mm-hmm. like on undealt with trauma where, and so yeah. I think that that scene in the holodeck where Picard just lets him do it and doesn't yeah. and and then doesn't let Jack stop him from do it and he just he walks away kind of dejected just dealing now with there are other people that were affected by the things that had happened during that time. So you know, and it's and I love yeah. you know as much you can you can criticize this all you want. Uh, for anybody uh, you, uh, fan, you can criticize this all you want, but I think reusing the ten forward bar as the environment and setup for these type of intimate discussions. Obviously, that's been a recurring theme when when you have to isolate yourself from the rest of the crew, or you know, to let's let's have a let's have a side talk. You know, let's have a sidebar, and it always happens in ten forward where you have these discussions. Is where you kind of are dealing with. Uh, and Daniel, as you pointed this out, the the reaction of the traumas from both uh, Todd Stature character uh, Captain Shaw, and then you see Picard's reaction to it because you knew that that tension was so deep. With uh, and I love this line uh, where Todd, um, Captain Shaw said, "And you know, there was a Borg, and they gave him his name. His name was Locutus." I was yes. like. Ooh, that's that's a that's a low blow. Like, and you yeah. you you kind of felt that blowback from Picard. It was like, okay, nothing else needs to be said here. So he upped and and left the room. He left the holodeck, and be like, you know what? I, I that's 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 enough for me because he, Picard knew that he's dealing with that trauma himself too. He's trying to recover from that, and essentially, um, try to try to move on from that but using that as a hook into his character obviously there is a reason why this series is called star trek picard because it, it, it is addressing um a lot of what has happened to his character and i do like the way that that was addressed in, in the 10 forward bar and he was um uh, 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 shaw was just all out and blunt with it right in front of the uh right in front of the ensigns right in front mm-hmm. of um, you know, our version of <laughs> lower decks there on the Titan. Um, not, not, not comedic anyway, but you, obviously you have, you have the lower ranking, uh, officers on there, either ensign or lieutenants, uh, that are watching this as it plays out this whole, uh, argument between them in that, in that bar. And, 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 sorry to interrupt, but it, it was a nice no, contract. Go ahead. It was a nice contract between I mean, you have that scene where Shaw, in front of this whole crew of Ensign, was criticizing Picard's role in one of the deadliest battles that the Federation fought. And then, you, if you in front of his son, to, even in front of Jack, in, even. Yeah, yeah. in front of Jack, and you, and you put it back yeah. to back with with the other scene when he was being this cool admiral in front of a, a group of cadets that, that wanted to hear uh, 
stories from this uh, Federation legend, or Starfleet legend, and, uh, and also in front of his son that was there waiting the, the right moment to to approach him. So that mm-hmm. that two scenes for me work perfectly, and they and they are the yin and yang of the character. Yeah, yeah. Talk about and talk about tension. Um, let's let's all now address the uh, elephant in the room, which is episode eight. Episode eight entitled "Surrender." Obviously, it's been fun looking at the names of the titles, and obviously having to see them included in the title, the uh, names of the ep- the titles of the episodes into the mm-hmm. dialogue and into the script of each episode. Basically, um, you know, seventeen seconds was a great way to use that. Um, and this, this episode was a great, was another great way to use that surrender. So, um, uh, let me just take point on this one that at the beginning you, I have Vatic, uh, Amanda Plummer's role as Vatic. I didn't like her in the, uh, previous, uh, I think, uh, previous episode, just because it just seemed like, um, her lines were very cartoon, very cartoony. Like I will get you. I will have my revenge and blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's it's the very it's it's very uh, um, cliche in terms of the dialogue of coming from a villain, and you know, villain or our big bad, which obviously this episode brings into light something else, uh, or even even before that, the the face as as the internet likes to call it. Um, when she starts harrowing and narrowing in on on the ship, and loving basically loving the ship uh, she loves the boatswain's whistle for a part reason she loves to hear her voice over the over the pa system and she loves using that system so much that i i kind of laugh at that whole thing and i find it humorous because she sounds like that one principal who's calling you to the office um you know in, in school over the pa system and jack come to my office jack come come to the bridge you know during that whole scene but in the way that she her the, the the really deep dark um a sadistic side of her and saying let's turn let's uh take out their eyes let's take out their ears that whole thing as i was watching this episode this morning i'm like the way they portrayed that um and it, and in a very curious way her orchestrating that with her hands as it fits music to her um was just scary i legitimately felt scared during that opening sequence of this episode um and i i that was scary to me i mean i did you, you guys can feed off of that or bring up some other part of discussion did you get your did, overall take of the you episode some, did you did you get some um uh first contact vibes as like I, yeah. when that yeah. was I happening mean, and these people were running away and it's like yeah shots yeah. of the borg that they had in that movie yeah. no very much yeah. and yeah. i and she was very i i was shocked and i think we'll just go to i'll just say this at the end i was shocked that they killed her in this episode and knowing that they did that i love even more what they did with her in the episode Right. By making yeah. her so brutal and she's having basically having these people yeah. killed and she's sort of Terrorist. enjoying it and being gleeful about it. And that great scene when she shoots Tavine, but you think she's going to shoot the other, uh, you know, the crewman. Um, all that's great. And then she they launch her out the airlock. She shatters and then they blow up the ship because I'm like, oh, she's a changeling. Like she could just she could just <laughs> yeah. do in space and then the no. ship will pick her no. up. And it's like <laughs> even if she can. 
they've destroyed the ship. They've so even if she's actually yeah. still alive, she's just floating in the blackness of space. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's bold. So you're basically clearing the board. You're you're clearing the villain board going into the final two episodes. Uh, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, overall, ta- overall takes on the on the episode. What have you been your standout moments, uh, Sergio? Go, go for it. Well, I, I mean, I'm gonna sound repetitive, but I love the episode. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole eight um, for me are is is get better and better, right? And uh, but the the whole first scene, yeah, I, I agree with Jay. It, it, it got all the the first contact by from the from. From that scenes, particularly when the ensign are running through the corridor and they are ambushed by the the changelings, uh, that, that was brutal. Yes, yes. Uh, but I really, really like uh, Amanda Plummer. But it's, it's 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 amazing. I mean, she really excelled on that character. And I, I know what you mean about being like a little bit of a cartoon villain type of uh, of character, but you, you need that goofiness to to make the, the I mean that the character more appealing in a way. Which I mean which I think it's it's it's, it's a really smart move because you came from episode seven when she was really, really dark and she was showing us a complete different face of Starfleet and what they mm-hmm. did with, with the changelings. So in, in, in this in, in in this episode and she was full of herself. To oh, be yeah. honest with she was uh, oh, yeah. with the upper hand, uh, she was enjoying the moment and waiting to get her hands on Chuck. But all in all, I love the episode. I, oh my God, Marina, Marina, oh my God! <laughs> I mean, having her back, it was like, whew. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole the whole episode with this, uh, like small compartments. Um, I mean, I mean, the, the the small scenes between uh, a group of characters, like. Uh, Riker and Troy, Picard and uh, and Jack and Beverly and oh my God, Sydney Laforge. We had to talk about Sydney Laforge. What a character! Oh my God, Ashley. Is, yeah, is an amazing actress. And um, but yeah, all in all, I love the episode, and I cannot wait to see how things develop. Yeah, definitely, definitely seeing how like you know, obviously we're seeing new things, new storylines, and just a whole bunch of emotions gathered throughout the whole entire episode through the series for that for that matter. And Jay, what what did you, were there any standout moments to you? Were there any lines or uh, little things that you saw or observed that you really you know felt? Yeah, so many good things. Um, so many like one liners that really hit. Uh, get off my bridge. Oh. No, they blew. oh my god! I'm like, yes! I like stood up. I'm like, get them off that bridge. Um, yes. uh, and yeah, um, just that uh, that line was awesome. Yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. And her standing up and finally saying to Shaw, like, I'm seven of nine. My name is seven of nine. Oh, oh yes. like, come on! Yeah, come that's on. right. That's right. You tell yeah. them. Um, 
My favorite part, though, was how they, they treated the integration, uh, bringing data back in. Oh. And I was wondering how they were going to do that because I was just like, the thing that, that really um, that really made me feel awesome was having Jordy back because mm-hmm. what what hurt for me and I I like the, the the episodes in season one without Jordy it just didn't it, it made it, I, I felt I felt the emotion and when they were kind of unplugging data and he was mm-hmm. leaving again right mm-hmm. Jordy wasn't there for his first death Jordy wasn't there nice. for his second death right yes I mean Jordy mm-hmm. you know and to me, they were in TNG. They were, they had the best chemistry. Whenever they were in an episode together, yeah. I felt like, like Data became more human through interactions with Jordy than anyone else. Um, and so having him have that, having having Jordy, having having Lore mess with Jordy in, in episode seven, right? While while Sydney and and Jack are in danger and he's you know, he's dropping the, the force fields and stuff and seeing Jordy's emotion come out and try to plead with the, with the data in the other partition. And then to, to this episode where Jordy did, uh, LeVar Burton is, is amazing. Just did like his acting in this, in this episode where he, he's not even, we, we see what's happening in the limbo in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the world with, with him. But obviously the characters don't see that. So we see that, but he's looking at a screen with like red dot or blue dots turning into red dots. Turn to red. And yeah. then yes. when, yeah. And then when the red last red dot or the last blue dot turns red and he says, damn. And, and you could just, you see in his face, he's lost his friend again. And like, he said that several times in the season where he's like, I, I, mean, I can't do this. I can't lose him again. And that, like that, that got me this episode. And to, yeah, you to can see, you can the feel whole, the pain. You can feel oh, you pain. feel the pain. And then, yeah. and the other end, after all that stuff has happened and they're talking, you feel the, you feel the friendship you know, the yeah. we almost lost you, your friend, all that kind of stuff. So that, that, that really was my favorite part of this, this episode. Well, and Loved what's it. great is LeVar Burton, we don't even know that he had dots on the screen when he was doing that. Yeah. And they're like, data's, data's being taken over. And he, you know, he's just going to yeah. act that, you know, that's totally right. Here's the script just yeah. would just say that like data's leaving. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that, oh, wow. that just that just came to my mind. I mean, that scene when uh, Jordi and Data are talking about their friendship. You can draw a parallelism between that and the death of Spock in the Wrath of Khan. When, oh, when yeah. I mean, I have oh, been. Yes. Oh, well, shall be your friend. Come yeah, on, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That was oh, yeah. mind blowing. Well, and there's something powerful. As, as I, you know, because I struggled with this, like the bringing of the data back. And they kind of, they hit on this in the episode when, when mm-hmm. Picard says to him, like, you know, last time I saw you, you, you wanted to die. I hope I haven't dishonored your wish, you know. And I thought about that, that and just, and also just like, you know, obviously he's older and they came up with the reason why he looks older. Mm-hmm. And so what, now looking at it as it's played out, I'm like, what an interesting idea that, you know, these characters will have lost data for 30 years or 20 years, however long it's supposed to have been. And now they're re they're re-encountering 
data and he's old like them now so it's, mm-hmm. it's which it feels right it might even be it might even be weird i know it's a technological issue but like if brent spiner did look like 20 years ago it might be weird that he was with yeah. them and like they're older and, and yeah. it might be like, yeah. oh, it's just, like, a, it's just like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So like there's something uh, there is a poetry to it and and we don't obviously don't know how it's going to end but but there is something beautiful to that and again it it almost felt like oh wow this is a natural continuation of their adventures yeah. you know because yeah. they were out there for years together and then yeah data did die yeah. and everything but now he's back and yeah, yeah it's weird but we've seen a lot of weird shit out there and this is just sort of a part of that you know yes well they they uh, I mean, they brought him back without using uh, Genesis device, so it's not that weird. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't shoot him out. They didn't shoot him out into a planet in a, in a, exactly. in a and, he, and he's gonna regrow. Yeah, it was some planet yeah. made of a some type of neural positronic net or some type of cyber, yeah. uh, some type of cyber planet. You know, it's so interesting that you, that you bring that up and, 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 and Daniel, and, and you've alluded to this about, you know, the dots and everything like that, watching that whole entire scene in sequence, I, I'm, I'm equating it because, and this is just me that, uh, uh the parallel comparison between that scene, um, and his battle against lore, which, Obviously, playing. Let's let's just go back on that for a second. In, in the previous episode, episode seven, you know the way that Data, uh, Brent Spiner, amazing acting, just just phenomenal at being to change um, and switch mm-hmm. over from Data to Lore and Lore yeah. to Data again. Oh, he sold that scene. Yeah, just just having just switching back between those two roles, uh, amazing, and it would just seem so fluid and natural. And I, I love the way that he did that. Um, but in this episode, when they were switching back and forth, obviously we see we see Lore basically getting the upper hand on Data. And I kind of love the way that whole scene played out because I'm like, oh, I saw this in the last uh, Matrix film. Basically, Neo gave yeah. himself up to get rid of his other half, which was Agent Smith. Um, and I'm I saying that you that just called it the last Matrix film. The last I Matrix. Appreciate yes. I appreciate that very much. That you're referring to the third Matrix film as the last <laughs> Matrix film. So I am not know. disagreeing, and we're just going to accept that definition. Yes. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's still yeah. Okay, so I know what you're. I haven't seen the fourth one, so that is we don't talk for, for me. There's only that's like we don't this movie, and I'm gonna die. Oh on that my field. god. I, 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 <laughs> You know what? That's just me and my age. I'm like, I forgot about that other one. But we don't talk about that one. Earlier this year, right? (laughs) Or last year. (laughs) Oh, my bad to to the studios. But, um, you know, that, that whole scene was just like that. Like man, I feel bad. Now you put me in place about that one. There go, there goes. <laughs> but you're right. You're right to draw the parallel. And and in a way, I actually yeah. think this was much more clear. I mean, with the Matrix Revolutions, which I enjoyed, it was never clear in that movie exactly what happened. It's sort of like people had to talk about it, and the directors talked about it, and you got to understand. This was a really well done. Even when they were doing it, I kind of was suspecting, like when he's giving him the memories. And I'm like, if he's taking those and he's keeping those, isn't that all data? Mm. I mean, in a weird sort of way. 
is that's implanting himself into him. him right now. Yeah, they you know, said like, like these are, yeah, he did say so, that. They so, said, this is me. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And it's great because it's both in a science fiction plot way. It's great. But then also sort of emotionally as, as you know, for people, right? Because data is all about trying to be human, you know? You yeah. ask yourself, well, what are what does it mean to be human? And and one answer to that is that you're a collection of your memories and your experiences, right? And so to 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 embody that in that scene, it's really beautiful and it's and it's really moving. Yeah. Have mm-hmm. you guys watched the, uh, the, the, the Ready Room? Have you have you seen the Ready Room? Not the not interview? for this episode, not yet. Not for this, yeah, not this one. Oh, not for this episode. Okay, go and watch it because Brent Spiner talked about this. Sh- I mean, how oh, they shoot the yeah. scene. It's really good. It's really. I good. also love in the ready room, and I think we because this is the same episode. They do a yeah. little featurette on Riker and Troy's relationship, yeah. like throughout mm-hmm. TNG. Yes, and I love I love it because uh, you know I remember that on the internet on Twitter maybe like a couple of years ago, like I think maybe after the first season of Picard, there was this meme going around. It's like Riker and Troy are the first television description of like a, a open relationship, or a polyamorous <laughs> relationship, right? Because like they're clearly in love and they're like together and they clearly like go on dates but then they're also always just like who with with whoever you know and and they explain in the video like you know essentially the writers didn't want us to have a relationship but we were yes. acting like we had a relationship so we would sort of just fight the writers and every time we could we would like hold hands or we'd we give a little look or something <laughs> and eventually they just had to give in and, and let us get married you know and seeing them back i felt like in those scenes with them in the prison cell there was a that little was bit of distance crazy, between them. And, and I think that's probably in reality because, you know, she moved away. Like they, they've been talking in interviews, like, you know, they probably haven't seen each other in the real world as often yeah. as maybe some of the other cast. Right. Yeah. But then also in the story, you know, there's this idea that there, that there is a distance and they even, and this is really delicate. Like he mentions like, Oh, you suppressed my grief. Right. Yes. Because you couldn't, bear it and then you think about so was she doing that in Picard season one like when we saw them and he's making the pizza was she sort of suppressing his grief and is he not that I I I don't know issue with the making of the pizza but is like is his sort of Mr. Dad sort of thing almost her her. she's sort of making him what she needs him to be like is there's this sort of telepathic manipulation they're almost implying that right that that is a part of this and that's the 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 distance they have that this betrayal he feels is emotional betrayal right so you're saying she's professor she's professor x a little bit a little bit i mean not yeah not exactly but but it's a similar idea right that her empathic and telepathic powers which have clearly grown right over time that you know they're married and they're close and she is able to influence him and and she yeah. can she can abuse that right out of a yeah. out of a place of need and and not a malevolent place but yeah. but that can cause problems in their marriage i think that's a great idea that's i love that line idea. that she said about having to having to bring it back and be the roots of a counselor is to you know yes. bring it back to uh bring it back to healing um in that whole scene and she i think she basically understood that and i love the trade-off of conversation between them both it is like you are watching uh, an actual couple like you almost saw as if in real life jonathan frakes and marina Sirtis probably had an actual relationship you know mm-hmm. what i mean i'm not trying to say you know that they actually did have one in real life but it's almost as if they played it off so naturally 
in in the back and forth uh, between them, kind of also jabbing at each other and whatnot until you see Worf come in and be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I loved that! I loved that so much! Oh my god!" Okay, can we talk I'm about so the card? <laughs> The two yeah, entrances. Worf has had the two best entrances, entrances, character yes. entrances yes. this oh, season. Yeah, yes. Yes. Well, he had oh, that other gosh. great line where he says, I, "I've often thought of send. I've killed many enemies, and I've often wanted to send you all their heads." Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I will say this: Worf has so sort of been. He's sort of been reduced to humor, comic relief this season, but I've loved every every bit of it. So it's hard for me. I can't really complain. You know, like he's no. been a badass. He's cracked jokes. Like that's it. That's this is where we need from our war. He's you, one and it's been consistent with those characters. He's he's, he's got the best the one-liners. Best. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. It's absolutely. like you just can't go beyond that. I think I think the writing on that on that sense. In that aspect, has just been so great, and but the, the, and the obviously thing that really sell that is seen is Jonathan Frakes' face. <laughs> oh, he's him, like him he's and like, yeah, like, him and no, Warf. That was oh, no, 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 cut it out. <laughs> no, inappropriate. <laughs> that, that's, John, like Riker was like there. He's like, bro, I'm right here. Right, yeah, don't yes. you see? I'm right here. You're like the, the chemistry in my face. The, <laughs> the chemistry between like, those two characters, like it, it, it just it was like they just turned it right back on because like you remember from um uh from the pimple the pimple scene he's like it's not remember insurrection from, uh, insurrection he's impossible he's not a pimple he's the gorge the gorge it's a yeah yeah the the gorge it's not even noticeable and that's like the kind of banter that came right back and it was like oh you just turned it right back on like i just and saw you guys again it was great yeah in in first contact when Riker said do you remember how to fire a phaser? <laughs> <laughs> and when they're walking around Daystrom and he's like, how come you don't hit back? <laughs> you don't even see it back anymore. I'm just like, oh, yes, more of that. That's great. And then, and then he said uh, and then he said in that one episode, you know, when they're just about to go to Daystrom, you know, he's like, I've, uh, where Wolf says, like, I've become more of a pacifist. And then he, Righteous is when they were about to tell him, he says, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> great it's so great so great oh, and, and just and it just speaks to the just long like the longevity behind these characters and how well they've just meshed together as a whole big family they're able to bring that and carry over into uh you know 30 years later into the series and it's just so amazing to watch them and their chemistry um, what about what do you guys? What did you guys think about that scene with uh, Rafi battling it out with the changelings? I'm like, I'm like, come I, honestly, on! I, I didn't really care. I hate to say that. Oh but wow! I was like, it, okay. it felt like just action for action's sake. Like I noticed there was some ADR. I think Seven's like, okay, we need you, Doc. Yeah. And you know they had to record that line because the next shot was going to be Rafi in the hallway, and there was no yeah, reason for yeah. Rafi to be in the hallway. So they just they just threw that in there. But I mean, I like Rafi. And I like that they've paired her with Worf because if any character feels like they need discipline, it's Rafi. And if any character sort of can provide discipline, it's Worf. It's Worf, And that's yes. great. But I also yes, don't definitely. know that like just like science fiction genre movies in general have this trope 
that like anybody can be a badass if they learn some moves and they have a couple yes. of swords in their hands, you know? <laughs> and it's not that anybody can be a badass, food. right? But like, I, I prefer a little more like development of like why this particular person is now Bruce Lee. You know, that that's that's all I think. Yeah, was it, was it, you don't think that maybe the Fair. development of Worf being able to train her in any, any of the previous episodes kind of played into that, kind of helped her I'm sure develop that's the into that into that part. And, and it's probably just maybe the, the sort of the screen time and the fact that you're, you got different directors and like, yeah. you know, we, we'd spent a few episodes since that and we only ever really saw them fight with the Vulcan gangsters, you know, like it just, it, it doesn't quite feel, I think if, and, and I don't know if they shot stuff and deleted, but I, I'll give this to Rafi. Like her character's definitely been neglected. As cool as it is to pair her with Worf, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if you compare it to the other two seasons of Picard, you're getting very yeah. little Rafi. So you yeah. can imagine she's been training maybe on their shuttle, whatever, this whole time. But we've had whole episodes without Worf and Rafi, you know, at least two that yes. I can think of, right? Yeah. So I don't know if there was intention that there that they would be in every episode and, <clears throat> and it sort of things changed or if it just felt that it wasn't necessary but it didn't for me it didn't feel like a culmination of her story arc i I didn't i haven't felt maybe since the first couple episodes it doesn't feel like she has a strong story arc running through the season like some of the other Mm -hmm. characters do Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely okay cool cool. Uh, jay were there any other standout standout moments to you that you wanted to add in or or chime in on as well too that uh, you can remember Hmm. I know it's just a recent episode because there's just a lot. There's just a lot to take in yeah, this season. Uh, so there's, it's a lot yeah. to talk about. And that's why we're having this podcast because it's so much to talk. Hey. Uh, you know, I could put this into an article, but just discussing it helps to kind of pick the little <laughs> details. Yeah. Yes, pick the little details that obviously we can yeah. we can uh, discuss. I mean, I like I like I like a little action schlock. That was some good action schlock with, uh, with her <laughs> at the end there kicking butt. Really good. It, it was, uh, look, it's it's part of the rising action, you know. You know, everything started with you know all that stuff that was going on and blowing Vatic um, out the airlock and all that stuff. We got to keep the action going a little bit. I get it. It's cool. Um, my wife loved it, and I, we all stood up and we were just like, "Yeah, kick some ass!" You know, just like, I mean. And then, I'm, and then, you know, coming down from that high, I'm like, they were changelings. They could have totally like changed into something else, or, you know, does it? Aren't they like, or, or are they changelings too. or I, something? Why, I'm not why, sure. Why do knives? Yeah. Why do knives kill changelings? I had that same yeah. thought. I'm not sure word? what's going on. So, but you know, I got caught up in the moment. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think the other scene that stood out. I think that. Um, or unless you guys want to keep talking about that, go for it. No, 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 go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I'm only going to say that they were the laziest changeling ever because they never transformed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when are they going to? Maybe the one time. There's the one time when they, they disappear into the turbo lift. That was awesome yeah, last that week. That was awesome. Yeah. They shoot and then they come back. That was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was. I'm, sur- I'm surprised about that in, in – in that scene where uh, in, 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 we can rewind back to the last episode, um, you know, they now have handheld handheld phasers that fire at interval shots yeah. instead of, of one solid stream. So I'm wondering, <laughs> you know, if, if you have if you have those shots in between, how come they couldn't have a phaser where they have one continuous shot? Yeah, um, well, Worf, Worf has that. 
Worf yeah. is carrying. Yeah. He has, cool. He has a smaller one. Yeah, he has. Well, like, he's he carrying has a nemesis phaser. Nemesis That's phaser. The right. part is, which is like, it's yeah. as if somebody was walking around with like a thirty-year-old gun. You know, like, like I don't use yeah. the new guns, the modern guns. I need the classic. You know, and I just love <laughs> that. That Worf is like, it's like he's carrying a six-shooter. He's like, I don't, yes. I don't go in for the new phaser. I have the I classic phaser. Tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going with I've been using this phaser for thirty years. It's never let me down. I have no reason to change it. You know. Like, I love that. Same, same reason he has what? to put holes in the La Sirena with the, with the knife. So there's that. <laughs> you're still going to put holes in my shoe? You're going to make a point. Wait, stop putting holes in my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> All Another right, great um, banter between those two. That is, that is so good. You know what? Uh, I was just thinking about this right now. Um, I think, you know, it was it was a tragic scene to lose Lieutenant Tavine. Oh, it was gonna um, go there. Yep. That's what I was gonna go to. Oh, yeah. that was yeah. that was so, so much hard. that was that was so much tension uh, going in going into that and having there having the consequences uh shown, you know, the uh Jack didn't show up in a timely manner uh within the ten minutes, but obviously there was that reason uh, that Picard and Beverly were trying to tell him to stay back because that's what they want to get. They want to get him. You're not going to allow somebody to get to the main weapon that you have or, and obviously cause this mass destruction. So I think I think there was a reason, and, and uh, I forgot her name, the name of the actress. Um, I, I could I could you know Stephanie, I mean I could look this Stephanie? up. Stephanie, Stephanie, oh, and, and I don't want to butcher her last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to butcher her last name. So we, uh, you know, with respect to Stephanie, I just want to mention her name. You know, props to her from the get-go, from day one. You know, being yeah. uh, the Vulcan that was the Vulcan uh, science officer that was killed. I think it's just ironic um, that we have a science uh, Vulcan officer that was killed because, obviously, the famous science Vulcan officer that we all know was uh, Leonard Nimoy Spock. So I just thought that that was kind of ironic in a way. Um, to have that portrayed but i loved the way that shot was done and edited because as she as vatic killed lieutenant tavine she looked directly at seven yeah and seven being for an xb an <sighs> x borg I, I i i don't know it was just me nitpicking on little details or me just um thinking expanding on what the possibilities are but maybe she knew something about seven being ex Borg, and if that could be if that could be a thing about tying into her character because she's obviously aware of Jack and Jack's abilities, um, she saw it right through Lieutenant Mira's eyes. She's like, Jack, is that you, Jack? Are you there? So she knows something about Jack's abilities and why she wants to retrieve him for somebody else so all in all it's just i love the way that that scene was portrayed and the way that eye contact was made with seven and you could see seven's reaction on that, well, that, that, that scene at the beginning where you know and they and they i like that they pointed out you know because he tells her to blow the turbo lift she doesn't do it right yeah and that allows them to take the bridge and he's like you should have blown service i'm yeah. trying to save your life and he's like well yeah except you know basically he's like well we're all gonna exactly. die because you didn't yeah. blow the turbo lift you know and and tavine dies because you didn't blow the turbo lift, you know, essentially, right? right? Yep. And the I'm captain right is like, well, I would have probably, I would have rather died. I would have been the one dying and, and die taking them out, 
you know, and, and, and seven probably has more growth in this episode as like an officer, you know, as a Starfleet officer than she's had because she she makes a command decision. It it doesn't go well. It does cost lives, you know, and they, they win the day, but I think I, I I would hope. Yeah. I would hope that she, she, there's a lesson for her to take from this and like, you can't be impulsive, you know, seven, seven. And this is, it's funny. It's personal growth for her as a character. Right. Because she's the ex-Borg and she's calm and she's logical. And now she's making these sort of impulsive, emotional decisions, which is great for her. But it's ne- not necessarily great if you want to be in command. Right. Correct. So she has to sort of find that balance of like, how do I be a leader? How do I use all of my gifts, my intelligence, my passion, my strength and, and balance myself so I can be a captain? Right, I don't well, know if hence, they make her captain. The awesome hence they did. The, hence the, 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 I mean, the little speech that uh, Shaw gave to her, saying you cannot pick those decisions that are honky donkey. You are a Starfleet yeah. officer, and there's consequences. For yeah, your Picard even Picard even added to the growth of her character, and you know the urge for her for her to go into battle because she's been like that. Um, yeah. being seven in um, mm-hmm. in uh, Voyager. And so it was great for her character arc in the first two seasons of Picard to be a Fenris Ranger because you didn't have to operate within the bounds and rules of Starfleet. Yeah. You know, so you could do boss. whatever you wanted and, yeah. and act, act, act on her own. Now that she has that uniform on, she is, um, you know, still acting consistent with her character. She is still being seven and making these really uh, rash rash choices and i don't know mm-hmm. if she's given some thought to uh, as a, um, the consequences are and shaw reminds her of that uh, yeah. that there are consequences of these decisions that she has to make so i agree with you that you know the, she makes she's she's bold and having to uh, deal with those and making a captain mm-hmm. could be problematic could be problematic with her um as even picard had told her you know uh she said uh how do i how do I be myself, but uh, you know, and, and also deal with an a hole like Shaw? And Picard had just just has that response for it. You know, when, when you find that answer out, will you let me know? Let me know. Um, yeah. yeah. So knowing Picard, he's operated up. Uh, he's kind of had to also bend the rules of Starfleet, which may also allude to why he's had to why Picard himself has kind of skirted and break the rules of the prime directive as well too so yeah and for me that scene that scene works perfectly because they have an opportunity to kill what we are called a red shirt because there were two other ensigns standing there but they choose to kill yes but they choose to kill one of of the main main characters or or, or a bridge crew the bridge yeah yes to make Seven realize that, okay, this is the direct consequences, consequence of your action. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, the, yeah. the impact is it's, it's bigger on her <laughs> than if it was some unknown ensign. Yeah. And I, I suspect yeah. we will see one more character beat with Seven this season where she has to make a choice, a, a, oh, yeah. some sort of difficult choice. She's probably going to do it right, you know, because I think that that makes sense. But I, I feel like this is both it's a great moment, but it's also it's it's helping set up, I think, something maybe for her and for Shaw, 
you know, yeah. and I don't think that's resolved. You know, when she says I'm seven of nine and, and, you know, he doesn't really say anything like it's a great moment, but I feel like there's more, there's more there. And they, those two characters in particular, they really need to come to, to peace and acceptance with each other. You know, he needs to, I, I, I really, I think we're going to get him. He's going to say, he's going to call her seven at some point, right? Before the end. Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's always the dynamic between uh, the captain uh, 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 and his number one. I mean, they need to f- to find the middle ground where both uh, can be the captain and the person and the commander and the person. They need to find that common ground. I think that's I think that's one of my biggest qualms about this episode because. You know, you start to see that there was, uh, um, again, I'm very forgetful of the names of these episodes, so please forgive me. Um, you know, you saw the respect of commanders of Commander 7 being able to find and seek out these, uh, find out the changelings and find out who is basically the perpetrator on mm-hmm. the Titan. And Shaw was giving her compliments as to, you know, you can, you can be a great captain one day, which I think, okay, maybe we're having a little slight uh, change of uh, attitude towards seven, but then he goes, he goes back and still puts, tries to put her in place saying you are a Starfleet officer. It's like, okay, great. You don't have to remind me. That's kind of like demeaning to me. And then commander Mm -hmm. and still justice as commander Hanson and Jay, you alluded this to, uh, you had mentioned about that, you know, I am seven of nine. It's like, I thought we were kind of leaning towards Shaw having this understanding, but I guess he's just that dipshit from Chicago that we're still having to love, love to hate, yeah. you know. I um, think come a long we, way. Yeah, yeah. We need a Star Trek <laughs> legacy to see what's <laughs> going, I mean, how that thing is going to develop. You, Terry Matalas, you listen. We need Star Trek legacy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll try to make it known. We'll try, after this podcast and, and and everything goes up, we'll try to make it known. So we're trying to push for Star Trek legacy. Hashtag Star Trek legacy. Um, and there are, there are there are yeah there are there are petitions out there. I think there's two, one, I forgot. Um, regarding regarding the uh, push on that. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I saw a couple. Yeah. Um, Sergio, you mentioned uh, Sydney earlier as a great character for this entire season. So let's let's talk about Sydney and her interaction with Jack. And obviously, any any of you can chime in as well. This is open. This is a podcast. We can we're open discussion. <laughs> Anything that we can come up with on this episode, um, you know, that relationship together. She's kind of like in 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 sick bay, where Jack is there with Beverly and Picard. Uh, you know, she's trying to urge him on and echo him on to be like, tell him, tell him what you did. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I think she was hoping for at that one point because you see that con- that eye contact with each other and you see that established chemistry between them. So what do you think uh, is going to happen between them? What do any of you think is going to happen between them? What do you think is going? How do you think, how do you think Sydney has been so far? Oh, I'm, I'm all in for Black Rush. Black <laughs> <laughs> Rush, that's it. I was going to say, what, what's the hashtag for them? Team Black Rush. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 amazing. I mean, it's. I'm, I think I'm, I'm not a filmmaker, or, or, or I'm not in the in the industry. But I think it's the. I mean, one of the 
biggest dream that any any producer or director of, of, of screenwriter has is like find these two characters that have this amazing chemistry from the get-go. I mean, it's it's amazing. These two mm-hmm. guys were born to play these characters and to have that dynamic between them because they, I mean, it's like it's this synergy that you, you it's, it's really hard to, to find that something that works perfectly. And they are both broken in a way. I mean, they, they have daddy issues. <laughs> they, <laughs> let's call it that way. I mean, and, and, but in a way, I think we, we have this, uh, complementary relationship between them. I mean, one complements the other. Where, where, I yes. mean, where Jack has uh, this, I mean, this bravado, this, 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 this thing that he has, like this, is kind of, I'm not believing that I'm saying this aloud, but this is kind of Han Solo vibe. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> yeah, is. You know? he, he pulls it, it off. Yeah, yeah. 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 I agree. Jack and her that if you had told me about it before I saw the show, I might have thought it was kind of silly, you know, or or, or like cliche or something. Yeah. But yeah, the, actors, the actors are great. You know, yeah. by about maybe the third or fourth episode, I was all in on Ed Spellers. And I saw him yeah. after that. I saw him in you, I, like like in the middle of this Picard. Because mm-hmm. he was in you, I went and watched that season and it was all out. And I loved him in that. And so I was kind of like, I love this guy. He's great. I'm, I'm, yeah. He has all my benefit of the doubt. And I think her character, maybe they started developing her a little more, a little later. Like the first few episodes, she was there. But it, it really feels like maybe these last three episodes where you really start to feel her character sort of come out. And I never would have thought. I'd be like, yeah, let's let's up Picard and Beverly's kid and Jordy's kid. You know, they'll get together or whatever. Like, <laughs> again, it, I would be like, oh, that's this is fan fiction, you know, whatever. But like, actually, I'm like, no, I'd be cool with that. Like, if you if you did a Works. show and it was like, I don't I don't want it to be like like I, it, it shouldn't be like too fast, you know. But like if, like I like the chemistry and I like the, mm-hmm. the 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 bat maybe you know will they won't they whatever you want to call it right like like I would totally be in for that show and I don't know if how you do it. What I don't want to see. Is Jack do the Chris Pine? I'm a captain now thing. Oh, and no. I, I, didn't I, I doubt captain. it. I, no, 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 I doubt I would, it. I would totally love seeing him as a, on a ship, you know, like with a captain, with a real captain and a real first officer, and he's a character on the ship. I totally be down for that. Yeah, I think I think with I think you know, his hatred and defiance and wearing a Starfleet uniform. I think by the end. Now, obviously, I don't know where his character is going and and how it might end. But if he does end up being a Starfleet officer, I think it'll be nice to see him in uniform, yeah. you know, and, and carry on that arc. And maybe that is part of the idea of the next generation, mm-hmm. um, you know, being being mm-hmm. Picard's son. And I, I say Picard's son, and I could say Beverly's son in addition to that, with some level some level of skepticism too, because we. Still don't know where his abilities are coming from. Coming, at least right. not that I can see. And right. and I'm just waiting. You know, I'm just waiting for that reveal. Everybody loves La Crush, as it's been referred to. But it's wait till wait till Sydney's. You know, I'm just anticipating Sydney knowing like, oh my God, I've been dating like 
a liquid prosciutto all this time? If he, if she is some type of changeling, it's like liquid I haven't changed. Prosciutto. I haven't done anything. Liquid prosciutto. Yeah. That's what I'm calling it. Um, <laughs> I kind of look like that this season a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a question. I have a question really quick about Clado. Clado. Yeah. Did you notice? Did you notice that the few changes we saw change in form? They release like a vapor when they change form. Do you notice that? No, I, I didn't notice that. I think, but maybe they do. But I'll look yeah, yeah, I mean, I was surprised by, by by that because they never did that before. I mean, I, well, I, I okay, let's be fair. Let's be fair. The changelings yeah. in Deep Space Nine are rendered at well, 720 yes. by 480 <laughs> with like no texturing. Like, I don't know that we can be like, well, how come it doesn't look like 90s video game? Video game yeah. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they did the CGI here. They did put a little elements of kind of that old school, like too much shine kind of thing. Yes. I had a friend that worked for Disney. He's like, we put a lot of shine on because the director always wants shine and it just never looks real. But anyway, yeah, they, they had some elements <laughs> of when they're, when they're changing, there's a lot of this shiny. And I'm like, oh, that reminds me of the 90s CGI that was there. I, nice little nod. I was. Seeing seeing Terry Metalis tweets, um, you know, every now, when I can catch them, um, it, it, somebody had asked them why they do look different this season compared to what was seen in Deep Space Nine. And obviously, you know, the most obvious answer is because times have changed, technology has gotten better, blah blah blah. But as far as why they look the way they do now has is yet to be addressed. Do you guys think? Yeah. There was well, an explanation think, this season, or do you think we're still waiting I for it? I think they or? did explain it because these are all these are yeah, all results of experiments. Of so the they've experiment. been modified, yeah. you yes. know, by yeah. section they're thirty-one. Like super. Starfleet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so we, don't, we don't really know. That's why Vadix dies. The way yeah. she, <laughs> she did. Yeah, they they disintegrated. Yeah. You know, they only disintegrate when you like when you dissect them down way down to their you know body. You know the, the the organs and stuff. That's like how how changed yeah. they've become. Yeah, and and just that whole scene of, of how she dies again, visually striking. Uh, Daniel, cool. that was that was Terminator. She got frozen and just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I loved I loved her line, you know, that fucking I, solid that's a line. Yes. Oh, that was a great line. That was a great line. Yes. I was like, yep. And, and again, I'm watching it and I don't even as she says that, I'm thinking, well, I'm not gonna kill her. Like, right. like this yeah. is episode eight. I'm not gonna kill her. Like in my mind, you know. And then it's like, oh my god, oh shit. Okay, yeah. They, they did. did. Like, and they did. <laughs> and they it was like there. a long enough, it was like a long enough death that you're kind of like able to process it as it's happening. Yeah. Right. Like first she yes. shot out and you're like, well, no, no, no. And then she hits the thing, you're like, oh, and then she breaks, and I'm like, oh, well, she's she gonna he's gonna come back, and then they blow <laughs> the ship up. And I'm like, oh for, for, okay. for a second there, That's I was it. like, all those ice pieces for a second there, like all those ice pieces are gonna hit that deflector yeah. dish and it's gonna melt, and then she's gonna come back. I was thinking yeah. what if what if the evolution was that strong that she would eventually come back together again like yeah. is yeah. that gonna happen I was afraid like maybe they maybe they pulled a, a, a little joke on us and I'd be like ah, yeah. no just kidding <laughs> she just messes yeah. again again together um what did you guys think about that whole scene where the bridge basically just opened up and be like, I loved, I loved that it, it actually establishes that in this show, that is a no screen, not a window. There's no windows. 
because that's not a window. It's saying it's a portal, and maybe it's a hologram. Like it's a holographic screen. I probably, you know, that's why you get the effect of it, which is great. And again, the window never made sense because you know, like we saw in Nemesis, you know, when if it impacts and it breaks. The last thing yeah. you want is that to just be a glass window. You'd like some yes. armored plating yeah. there, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I almost, I almost thought it was an homage to, uh, you know, certain episodes in in the Next Generation, and even, even featured in, um, I think, some of the Kelvin timeline movies, where they would open hangar bays, um, or cargo bays for that matter, yes. and yes. they would the the crew would hold on to something. Um, or shield them from any type of so basically being sucked out, depressurized. If, if it's the correct word, depressurized. Well, I'm a, I'm a big, um, Enterprise, big Enterprise fan, and in the Borg episode of Enterprise, which is a great episode, they do that to the Borg on the ship. They open the, yes. they yes. open the yeah. locked doors, depressurizing. Exactly. So I yeah. think that was just I think that was just one way to incorporate. I uh, mean, that's that's how I that's how I saw it. I was like, oh, that was a very genius way of of adding another addition to a ship. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen I love, before. I love that stuff. I love seeing secret things about ships that that like yeah. do things. Like, I I was really hoping for more like secure protocols, like how they quickly, you know, how the changelings quickly got on the bridge. I was like, why did yeah. they get there so quickly? Like in the next generation, yeah. there was like lockout things and all these things, and I was waiting for those things, and they're just like, oh, we're here, we took over, you know. Um, but that scene really reminded me. Uh, that opening where they open the the, the the emergency opening it just reminded me of um the um i think it was the wrath of khan where um they're on the um kobayashi maru and the yeah, simulation and ends, and and oh yeah and, yes. the, and, the, and it opens up, up. that's yes. right yes. So i was like oh yeah. it opens up it just and it opened up just like that i was like is kirk coming through yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, um, and also, also uh, her her dad her dad remind me of uh, what was the name of the character in Beyond? Uh, oh, um, crawl. Uh, crawl, 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 crawl. Yeah, it was it was it was similar because were were I mean they were both in the space. I mean, crawl was being eaten by this. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, stuff. And, but but yeah, I had a similarity there. But for me, the best part of the whole scene was Seven screaming, not saying, screaming. Fire! Fire! With all oh, that hey, rage. That was, Energy. Oh, mind-blowing, man. And then the that beauty was, that shot. Was the beauty yeah. shot of the Titan as, that, as, as, as the Shrek just explodes. And just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You wanted to see that happen. That was yeah. that was fulfilling on that part. Um, I know we're running on an hour and thirty minutes here into the podcast. Um, I guess my, let's let's just discuss our last two talking points. Um, but uh, the thing about um, Rania Sirtis, uh, Deanna Troy's character, obviously she has these abilities. She's an empath, um, yeah. and now she's getting into Jack's head. What are we looking at there? What do you think? Um, we're anticipating for you know any possible theories on that or thoughts what a great way to use her like they, just like with all the other characters that they've brought in slowly right jordy wharf they bring her in at a time when there's a purpose there's a role for her in the story and the fact that she hasn't been in the story yet works 
you know, because she hasn't been around Jack. If she'd been around Jack at the beginning, she could have been like, there's a darkness here. And, you know, we could have done all this yeah, eight episodes yeah, ago. Kind of but, but the nature of the structure, she's just, she wasn't there. And so that would have been great. a movie. It would have been a movie. Would have been an episode of TNG, actually. <laughs> I said something. I, and they're like, no, he's fine. She's like, no, no, I sense a darkness. No, you're crazy. That would have been you're TNG. Wrong. <laughs> Fortunately, now it's like, there's been enough killing that she shows up and she's like, there's a darkness. Everyone's like, no, we totally believe you. We totally believe yeah, yeah, there's a darkness. Let's, let's get to the heart of this. Let's figure out what's going on. Why don't you sit with him? Why don't you do, why don't you sense, sense him and see what's up? And yes. I love that. I- I don't know if you guys seen those memes on the internet where it brings up some of these like loophole tropes or loops in in the storyline, and then all of a sudden somebody proposes uh, a resolution to the whole plot, and then it just ends with the credits and the Enterprise D just flying by. <laughs> I just that's that's what it feels like. If, if Deanna Toy were there in the beginning, yeah, that's what it would have yeah. felt like. Every time. So, yeah, so yeah, thoughts on yeah, I, I have no idea. If you, I'd love to hear if you guys have theories. Like, I, I've been looking at this imagery. Yeah. And I have no idea what this red door is. Um, I was, I mean, I was watching the the end credits thirdly because there mm. are so much Easter eggs. I mean, so there are so many there. Easter eggs yeah. there. Yeah, and there is one part that, that caught my eye. Uh, do you remember the? I think it was an episode uh, three. Yes, in seventeen seconds, when Shaq was playing with this uh, straw, and he made of. I mean, yes. the symbol. That symbol. Yes. It's on the end credits. I mean, at the very at the very end. And if you if you freeze, that is seen. That that's that five seconds of the end credits. You're gonna see that symbol coming out of something that looks like a wormhole. Yeah. What am I getting so you into? It's, you think it's the path right. The path right. The path right. Sorry, the path right. All right. I don't know. This is my, my recent <laughs> theory. Look, if there, was, if there was even a chance that Avery Brooks would come mm. back... Mm. I would, I would, I would actually, I, I would give it a lot of weight because I feel like it'd be a cool way to bring him in and, and it could be a story and you even set up maybe more story, yeah. you know, but I don't know how you do the profits without it. Without him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's why, that's, I mean, that, that's the, that, that's the weak point of, of my theory, but, and here's the cool part on the, on the last, uh, the ready room. Will Witten said that he cannot announce his next guest because it's going to be like a major spoiler. So, um, I mean, we're totally yeah getting yeah. somebody big, big, yes, yeah. something big is coming. So I don't know, I don't know. I I think we're going to get Doctor Bashir personally because we got a, we got a kid here with a with a, some sort of condition. If it's mm-hmm. something we discover that is related to the wormhole or the, or the gamma quadrant or whatever, mm-hmm. he's a doctor with that experience. And I also feel like, you know, we had Tim Russ, right? Like we've, we've had these like sort of ancillary actors and he's around and he kind of looks yeah. more or less like he did, you know, he's older, like it feels right. But there are others too. I mean, there, there are so many characters that, yeah, that it could, be could show up. It could be Nana. We don't know. Yep. I I honestly cannot even think of any 
series. I'm just thinking about that whole red door this entire season. Obviously, doors are a symbol. Doors have been constantly used as a symbol mm-hmm. in in movies and TV. Um, and I can only think of what that door means. And if you said it could be a portal, in essence, if we're talking Trek, a wormhole could mm-hmm. be because we haven't. That's one Easter. That's one thing from the post from the. Uh, credits that we mm-hmm. haven't seen being used yet in in the yes. entire show exactly. we have we now see from this episode the reveal of those red and white dots which is the neural map mm-hmm. of data's brain lauren yeah. and and data so i i i have no i have no theories to this point at all oh, that, what, I mean, um, the, the, what really puzzled me is that what the changes want with the parietal love of picard's brain yeah. Well, I think it's the same thing, right? Like so, yeah. because what they're essentially implying is that whatever they thought was iromotic syndrome, which is a brain disease, and we don't know what what it is, but but whatever that was, maybe it was something else. Yes. And we know that Jack has the same thing that yes. presumably he received genetically from Picard. So, what is it? Like, what is the disease that that he actually had? If it wasn't that syndrome, is it something that he contracted in the show? Right? Like, like is it something that we saw? And he contracted because we know he didn't when Beverly examines him in all good things, right? In the present day. She's yes. like, I see some things. It could be a romantic he, one day, but we don't know. And it was very it. much left like, like a possibility, right? So clearly it wasn't something he had before that. So is it something he encountered in space that infected him? Something and that is now in I, I totally get that. It's in Jack now, and maybe we just mm-hmm. need Jack because Picard's dead and the body's dead, and so it's useless to us because you know it, it, it needs to be alive. You know, yeah. totally get that. But I am really curious, like, what is this thing? I'm really hoping it's not dumb. I'm hoping it makes sense. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys watch the uh, Red Letter Media guys. But yes, they're like, them. you know, we like we like this, but there's a, a couple of things here that could be dumb. Like we don't know. You yes. know, and it's like I hope not. <laughs> you know, and it's Eight of the yeah. plate. Well, especially yeah. <laughs> especially when you when you have uh, data on episode seven saying uh, early diagnosis of irmodic syndrome are in question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are in question, yes. The question is something yeah. is something's weird about that part of his brain. Yeah. Yeah. And which is cool have... because you know, that came from all good things, which was a possible future, right? A possible and yes. in in Picard season one, they're kind of like, yeah, you've got the aromatic syndrome. And we all, we all just kind of go, oh, it's, it's just like an all good thing. So yeah, he's yeah, got just it. A continuation. But it. It doesn't have to be that, right? Like, like, it, yeah. you know, there's, there's room in that for like, it's not actually aromatic syndrome. It's not a, it's not a betrayal of the, the actual story we watched, right? It's, it's just mm-hmm. like a misdirect off of a possible future that we saw once. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, correct, correct. Um, overall, um, you know, thoughts on the episode. It was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Another amazing episode, just well-written. And, and just, uh, you know, that last scene of them together in, in a room at the conference oh. table. I mean, everyone hugging it out. Um, and, and I, leave this, I leave this podcast on a good note. You know, just that whole scene just brought everybody back it was very it, it, just just yeah. tears around yes. my face uh yes. i was a complete mess after that scene um you know having been attached to uh, tng for so many years growing up yeah. in the next generation era i think for all of us it's, it's almost fair to say 
You know, yeah, we've absolutely. also grown up in that area. I know, Sergio, your, your time is extended before that from the original series. Um, mm-hmm. But just the love and family and that tone you get with everybody um, during that moment. Uh, just, I mean, absolutely great. It, it almost seemed like they were just, you could you could probably just let them be, not have it scripted. And just, let's just let the characters go. You know what I mean? And let's see yeah. how they play that out. Absolutely. I mean, I started my love for Star Trek with, with TOS, but TNG is my Star Trek. I, I, I grew up with TNG. Yeah. And seeing all of, I mean, all of them sitting on that table, I mean, I, I, I got, I mean, I was in tears before I realized I, I was in tears because that, that how to mount, how much it meant to me. I mean, it's, it's, it was amazing. I mean, it, it, uh, I said earlier before, today that this season is the love letter to TNG that we are were asking for, and that scene, it's, I mean, it's the embodiment of that love letter. I mean, um, Picard's saying, I need all of you. My God, mind-blowing. Absolutely. What a change from season one when he was like, you need help with Worf, Riker, the Forge. And he's like, no, I can't. I can't bring them into this. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And then he goes, and then full circle, twist that around. And we're like watching watching season one. We're like, yeah, you do. (laughs) And here they are. Come on, man. Please bring them. Please. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But no. Um, any, any final thoughts? Anything else that we didn't address that you guys wanted to bring up uh, before we wrap it up? Nothing from me. Live long and prosper. Yeah. And prosper. I mean, excited to see what the next two episodes bring. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm anticipating. questions I, to answer I, still. I do have to catch up on the Ready Room. I do have to catch up on on episodes of the Ready Room, so I have to go back and re-watch, rewatch those for so many information, information that I need to, you know, uh, have feel completionist as regards to in regards to yes. this season and stuff but um you know i am anticipating that i'm very much looking forward to the, to the next episode and we should all do this again um definitely. you know we will we'll definitely get together again and talk about episode nine and it's only two more episodes oh so it's like i don't want it to end i missed the whole full season when we were back doing you know 22 23 episodes but i you know you know, it's not those times anymore, so we have to accept no. it for what it is. But in, as far as everything's concerned so far from this season, you know, we, I feel, I feel satisfied. I feel very satisfied um, for this third season. I feel satisfied in everything that's done. You know, all criticisms of of uh, fan service can go away just because everything was just done rightfully. So, what um, was what was the line and, that you wrote on Twitter about fan service? Was oh, that? it was just something. Fan service was just a dedication to the fan service. Is really not fan service. It was just a dedication and tribute to all the fans, yes. and that's that's, that's all, it's proper. It's proper tribute. You know what I mean? Um, so, with that being said, Daniel, Sergio, Jay, thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Ron, at the Temple of Geek, Temple of Geek podcast. Um, for anybody who is interested in interacting with you guys on social, where can we find you at? Jay, where can we find you? Find me if you want to put Jay. your social out there, you, it's optional. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't. 
<laughs> you can find me at J-R Aguda, J-A-Y-R-A-G-U-D-A, at J-R Aguda, J-A-Y-R-A-G-U-D-A. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Daniel Noah 5 uh, There's no H in Noah, so otherwise it's all pretty straightforward. Go. And you can, you can hit me on Twitter and Instagram at Sergio A. Rojo. It's A, letter A. <laughs> yeah, this is my middle name. Uh, yeah, whatever you can. And Ron, thank you, Tiffy, for having me today. It was, was a pleasure. I mean, geeking out with thank my you, friends. It's a dream come true. So, so thank good. you. Thank you so much. So good. Yeah, live long and prosper to all of you again. Thank you very much for joining me. I am uh, Ron. You can find me at that one nerd Ron on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to hit me up um, and ask any questions. But until next week, we shall do this again. And thank you guys for joining me on the Temple of Eat podcast. Uh, for your listeners out there, join us next week, and we will be discussing episode nine of this third season of an amazing Star Trek Picard. Thank you very much, and we're beaming out. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com, your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.